I V M. Welcome to All Things Policy, a daily podcast supported by Pragati, a flagship media initiative of the Takshashila Institution. We're a bunch of policy nerds based in Bengaluru, and we like to bring a fresh perspective to Indian affairs and an Indian perspective to global affairs. So grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and join us for today's chat. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of All Things Policy. I'm Suman, and your host for today. I hope everyone's keeping safe with the monsoon setting in. The pictures from different parts of the country don't look too pretty. We've had some significant loss of life and property in the past few months in various kinds of accidents. We are actually seeing the havoc caused by the rain. A few weeks ago, we had a train accident, and before that, we had a heat wave that took lives, and so on and so forth. The news cycle just goes on with this. While it is not possible to put a value to the life of a loved one, the next best option seems to be offering some monetary compensation. The standard policy response or a government response we see is an ex gratia payment to victims or to survivors. Next of kin. What is this ex gratia? How should we think about it? Are there other ways to go about compensation? To discuss with this, I have with me my colleague Mihir, who is an adjunct faculty and works at the intersection of tech and policy. Hi, Mihir. Hello, Suman. Nice to be here. Hi. Today, we are also joined by a young student, Megha. Hi, Megha. Let's begin with a quick intro of yourself. And it's great to have you with us. Hi. It's great to be here too. I am Megha Kazare. I am in second year at Gokhale Institute of Politics and Economics, studying BSc Economics. And recently, I've been into writing. I write for the BSc newsletter. Great. That's wonderful. And uh, let's just dive into the topic straight away. Meher and Megha have researched this topic of ex gratia payments and have also published a piece which we will link in the show notes. To start with the basics, what is ex gratia? Mega, could you elaborate on what this is for the benefit of first-time listeners? Yeah, sure. So ex gratia is a Latin word for by favor. It is a payment made without any legal obligation. So it's a voluntary payment from a given from a sense of moral obligation. Whenever any accidents happen or any sort of tragedy happens in this country, there's a, always a news article saying that the government has offered X amount of ex gratia to the family member of the deceased or to the injured from the prime minister's relief fund or the cm's relief fund so it's a immediate compensation from the government given as a gesture of quote unquote goodwill sure and what have these i mean what is the broad amount or any other kind of you know broad perspective on this is there something that you know that there is a legal obligation or is just it does just stem out of the conscience of the government or as we call it yeah for the ex gratia there's no legal obligation is just as a voluntary payment just to compensate the immediate compensation to the citizens and to so that the citizens are compensated fairly so suman so, if i may add to that so yeah. Yeah, if you if you think about this problem in in our country with our uh, transportation infrastructure whether it's railways or buses or uh, or even boats in many parts of the country the transportation infrastructure either in some places is controlled by the state 
where the state-run state transport buses officially uh, operated by a state transport company. The railways are, are essentially nationalized, so it's all government-provided transportation. And in some places, even the boats and other uh, services are offered by the government. We also have uh, private uh, players, uh, for especially in the bus transport services. And these private players are supposed to be licensed, regulated for safety, and so on and so forth. But like with any other circumstance, uh, as our highway network goes on upgrade and as, as buses uh, of older vantage or drivers with insufficient training or insufficient rest continue to kind of ply uh, on the roads, accidents are a common occurrence on Indian roads. And it's not just the buses or the drivers, it's also the infrastructure. Our roads are not necessarily designed in a manner that necessarily promotes, uh, that uh, enables safe driving. So to us, uh, to Mega and me, this became an issue in the sense that we just commonly read about accidents. And the next thing we know is uh, the chief minister of the state has rushed to the accident spot and has offered an ex-gratia payment. And that inevitably makes the headlines. And then if it's a larger event, headlines stretch for a few days. And then, as you said, it kind of disappears until the next event takes place. So for us, uh, this was interesting from the perspective of does a democratic state have a responsibility towards its citizens, whether it's itself providing transportation or other services or regulating private players that are doing it in terms of safety and uh, uh, safety of the transportation and industrial settings or in other settings as well. That was our starting point and we latched on to the ex-gratia as kind of a way the government seems to be kind of treating it more as a favor to compensate rather than take safety as an obligation. Yeah, and I think common lay people also look at ex-gratia as, as if some the government is done has done its job now uh, since it has already announced an ex-gratia and that's the end of story kind of thing. So just to go a little bit deeper, why is it important for us to understand this in greater detail? Yeah. So like every time an accident happens, the prime minister or the chief minister is always being seen offering condolences and then announcing the compensation to the bereaved. When you look into it, like we have been researching this for the past two, three months, a lot of questions arise. Like, why is it that the ex gratia is provided as a favor? Aren't there insurance schemes and acts do that? And is it provided for all accidents or only the select ones? And how is the amount decided? So it's important to understand why the government does it. Is it really to fairly compensate the citizens or just to absorb the state of its responsibilities? Sure. Yeah, that's a good point to, you know, start the entire discussion on. So how, I mean, you have studied this in detail and what does, I mean, you know, what does your research finding actually indicate? You've studied, I mean, from what I read, you've studied newspapers, um, you know, articles across a few months or a year maybe. And from there, you have picked up uh, data points to show how these ex-gratia payments actually vary. So can you just throw some light on your research findings, your research methodology first, and then research findings on this important topic? We collected primary data from various internet articles that we could find on the internet to see if we could find any pattern. And some of mm -hmm. the articles date back to like 2003, 2004. 
what we found out is that each state had a different standard for the compensation that they announced for example maharashtra like you can see uh, 5 lakh being announced consistently for the last 7 8 years except for some outliers and there's 2 lakh in the rajasthan it mm-hmm. it also seemed like the amount of exgratia had not been revised for years like i said maharashtra the exgratia has been 5 lakh for the last 7 8 or even 10 years and there has been no adjustment to the exgratia or taking into account the inflation another interesting thing that we observed was that even in the same state for similar accidents the n- amount of exgratia uh, announced differed with the number of deaths i mean for example in tamil nadu there were two firecracker bar- factory blasts that occurred in 2021 one had a i think the death count of 5 and one had 11 and the one with the lesser death count was ob- offered 2 lakh exgratia while the other was offered 3 lakh Okay. so you find out such inconsistencies in the exgratia which was announced okay. almost as if if there are more people dying you get they get more money right yes yes more deaths equals more media attention that means more exgratia okay okay yeah so with all this i mean the counter would be that what is the problem as long as the government is giving something right and you know as long as the next of kin or the victims themselves are okay with it why is it a problem so can you explain as to why this could be a problem and how do we look at this problem from say a state capacity or a, you know just in terms of models or in terms of a framework that we can you know come up so and that's a that's an excellent question so if you think about it rupees 2 lakh or rupees 5 lakh seems like a large amount uh, to be paying up front to a person uh, to a, to the next of kin of a family but if you think about it the median age uh, for india is below 30 and in fact if you have been on a bus or a train or a boat you will see that a large percentage of travelers are in that below 30 age group with their entire working career ahead of them if you simply apply even the minimum wage standards even the amendrega wages which tend to be around the rupees 200 rupees a day mark even if you apply that to the available working life as a very ballpark type of measure you will arrive at a number far larger in terms of the simple economic productivity of the person that lost their life and in many cases what you'll find essentially therefore is that the compensation that is being offered may offer temporary relief uh, in terms of like taking care of the the funerals or last rites or in case of the injured uh, uh, offering some in- immediate treatment uh, the amounts don't go far enough even at the minimum wage standard let alone kind of people who have uh, maybe more fixed jobs or higher wages or higher earning potential and also leaving aside the grief that comes which which cannot be addressed but if the economic income stream can be supplemented for a reasonable period of time then for example children's education family health all of those issues that people may be responsible for can be at least to some extent supported by the exgratia so our first contention really is is that by treating it as a favor it allows the government to do what mega pointed out right pay very low amounts pay inconsistent amounts by type of incident or number of deaths and to also kind of uh, 
make it arbitrary across states. So why does Maharashtra pay 5 lakhs versus Rajasthan 2 lakhs versus uh, another state might pay 4 lakhs? Is there a difference? Why this difference exists? The reason this difference exists is each state has its own definition, has its own norms for this. It has become a routine where some bureaucratic setup decides that for events of this nature, this is the money that the chief minister is going to announce. In fact, if you see over the last seven, eight years, the prime minister has announced uh, rupees two lakh in pretty much every incident that made the news or that looked significant. So if you just search for the headline, prime minister offers ex gratia, you'll literally see hundreds of incidents where the prime minister has paid, has announced two lakhs from the relief fund. With no kind of, I mean, if you just think about rupees two lakh today in 2023 yeah. versus rupees two lakh in 2016, you know that that should have changed. So to us, the problem is that the payouts are arbitrary, inadequate, and not well administered. As a counter to this, I mean, accepting all the research that there is, but the common, you know, counter argument to this is what can be the problem with the government giving any kind of money? Okay, so... As long as the, the person affected or the next of kin affected have received some money, why should anybody have a problem with it? What is the problem? What are the actual issues with related relating to this model of payment? Meher, could you just elaborate on that? Thanks, Suman. That's a wonderful question. I think the fundamental thing one has to understand is that the that we are in a democratic state where citizens' lives and uh, liberties are not at the disposal of what the government of the day chooses to do. In fact, we have elected our governments and in a democratic setup, the constitution promises us the right to life in some sense. The government is responsible in order to ensure our safety in day-to-day activities, whether it's taking a bus to work or crossing the street or uh, living in a high-rise building and so on and so forth. Uh, The government invests a massive amount of resources in ensuring safety whether it's appointing fire safety officers, whether it is having road safety training for uh, drivers of state transport buses in designing roads and so on. So the entire goal of uh, this infrastructure investment is to make transportation safe. Safety is non-negotiable. Safety is the first priority there. But what happens with the excratia payment, uh, at least as we see it, is that it absolves the government of any liability for negligence or failure to do its duty in terms of safety. If, if for example, the government, uh, uh, it seems like, as we found, across the country, there has been a norm set in every state about what to do when a transportation accident or an industrial accident or construction accident takes place. Inevitably, as Meha mentioned, what happens is the chief minister rushes to the spot expresses condolences and announces an exgratia. And for the larger incidences, the prime minister also announces uh, an exgratia compensation that conveniently manages the headlines. And then sometimes the relatives of the victims do get the payments right away. In other places, we have seen evidence of uh, there being delays in that as well. But overall, if you think about it, the the small payments, the, the payments all over the country are in the range of about rupees 2 to 5 lakhs, with uh, 2 lakhs being some states and Maharashtra being uh, at 5 lakhs consistently. And then the Prime Minister's relief fund for, I think, the last 7 or 8 years that we have found data for, always only offers 2 lakhs uh, uh, for incidences that make the news. So if you see news articles, the Prime Minister is credited with announcing 2 lakh ex pretty much every week whenever an incident takes place. 
So to us, one problem with the payout is simply that it's out of favor rather than a right, which means that it, it absolves the government of its responsibilities. Then second is because it's small, uh, if you compare it to minimum wages or uh, any other kind of wage earning potential of an Indian citizen, the amount of rupees two to five lakhs for a lost life is is tiny. If you, for example, if you take the population of India, median age is below 30, which means a majority of people who are traveling or who suffer from in these accidents, uh, either loss of life or a debilitating injury, have their entire working life ahead of them with a large amount of earning potential, whereas the ex gratia does not replace that income stream to any extent. It only offers maybe immediate relief in terms of money for the relatives to perform the last rites and um, kind of any immediate financial obligation. And to us, kind of this, uh, therefore, is unacceptable as citizens of a democratic state. So our main contentions are that one, it absolves the state of liability and two, that it is arbitrary and inadequate. That's how I would. Just a small addition to this is most of these accidents affect less privileged section of the people. And I mean, if you look at the bus accidents or the train accidents that have happened in the recent past, you could say, gen- I mean, generally speaking, it affects the poorer more, right? The number of victims probably are more from that section of society than from the from the upper sections of society. So given that and given there would be only there would probably be the sole breadwinners of their families, probably the, the situation is graver and would need, you know, a greater redressal of sorts. But given that it is a lump sum amount that they are getting, they it tends to be seen as a large enough amount for this uh, for this section. Is this a correct assessment? I wouldn't want to comment on it, Suman, in the sense that uh, we didn't really uh, dive into the news reports to understand, for example, the gender dimensions of this or the age dimensions. The critical thing to think about, for example, is a lot of uh, homemakers, women also are victims in these accidents. And while they don't have uh, necessarily may not have an income stream, their contributions to the family are nothing less. In fact, worldwide, the standard is... uh, to kind of recognize the contribution of homemakers to the overall economic condition of the home. So I wouldn't characterize it as uh, kind of specifically related to breadwinners or specifically related to the poor. But yes, I mean, given that the number of poor in India outnumber uh, middle class or rich people by a huge margin, and the poor also disproportionately tend to rely on public transportation and work in industrial settings, it would be correct to fair to say that uh, the, these incidences and therefore the ex gratia tends to be more relevant for the poor people, definitely. Sure. Thanks. Thanks so much for giving uh, us. Uh, if I may add one thing. Sure, uh, the inadequate payments that Mihir said was that those are only given to the victims who appear in the newspaper. I mean, those who the accidents which do not get any media attention. They are just forgotten about. They don't even get any ex gratia payment. Sure. Yeah, get that. That means we are leaving out a large portion of people actually affected. And that makes it even more serious. Yeah, thank you both for giving us an overview about why this problem is big and why we should be looking at the problem. So given this is a problem, what are the solutions and what could be 
probable models that we can look at. We'll discuss this after a short break. Welcome to this episode of All Things Policy, where I have with me Mekha and Mihir, and we are discussing ex-gratia payments. So before the break, we discuss the problem with ex-gratia payments and why we should look at compensation for accident victims or you know any of these other kind of disasters that we see differently. So now that we have established that the model of ex-gratia payment is problematic. What could be probable other options that we can look at? Is there some kind of a study on this? And, you know, could you enlighten us about this? There have been a couple of acts which have been to fairly compensate the ones who have been injured in an accident, like the Employee Compensation Act or the Public Liability Act. But these acts don't cover all of the accidents that take place in the country. I mean, so only in the workplace or only some type of accidents. Mm -hmm. So one thing is like better schemes and acts that could cover all of these accidents. Mm -hmm. That's a good point Mega makes that industrial settings are, for example, subject to industry specific laws and norms where there is a liability on the operator. But uh, one of the things that could be improved is that the laws are not necessarily targeting also the inspectors for safety in, in many of these places. If you have been to a construction site in India, you'll see a lot of construction material out in the open, very little by way of safety standards. Uh, you can see workers kind of at a very high floor kind of doing their job without a safety harness of any kind. And what, what that indicates is that Either there is not an adequate investment in safety inspection or that whatever safety inspection is carried out is, is faulty or is not following the norms. So one of the things we suggest is to create norms and, uh, and requirements for safety inspectors, whether uh, government or private, as well as kind of the operators of the bus companies or of the construction site to be made liable or at least to be made sufficiently liable that uh, victims can seek compensation. The creation of liability kind of will create incentives to implement safety protocols much better than kind of a legal requirement where the safety inspectors may not be adequately staffed or may not be able to do their job given uh, given uh, the overall setting of in which these kinds of work things take place. So our suggestion is that. The second one kind of is, uh, so I mean, if I may is that in a lot of places, insurance is a good way of uh, securing uh, kind of the rights of people in the event of an accident. I mean, accidents are not, I mean, while safety standards can be improved, there is no place in the world where accidents don't happen. And making insurance a default is, is something that we, we think may be an option in some cases. So, for example, if you've seen the last few years, uh, when you book a reserved railway ticket, you have an option to buy uh, insurance along with it. And yeah. it, it costs a relatively small sum of money and offers significant coverage. Now, while railways offers that, to my knowledge, when you just uh, go to the train station and buy a ticket and board a train, it's an unreserved ticket and buying insurance for that or even making a name known is not required. And our suggestion would be to kind of make insurance the default rather than relying on excretia and having the railway minister or the chief minister of the state announce, make the insurance the default and kind of publicize it, make everyone aware. And that way, like anytime uh, an accident takes place, 
it becomes a legal right because there is an insurance policy that covers that particular trip and that that creates a liability as well so that's our other suggestion just something maybe a little out of line here can we come up with some kind of a formula for this in the sense that you know use wages use inflation and and then compound it with some other factor to come up with a fixed sum just to address the issue of this being arbitrary i think that's a that's a great suggestion one of the things that that unfortunately economists have to do is to place a number to place some sort of a, a monetary amount next to a lot of things that cannot really be valued so as we said like a loss of life or disability for life is not something that one can put a number on it's it's base it's permanent and and irreversible and it's a human condition that's really problematic what we really need to focus on at least from our perspective is that the economic life of the person is what we need to look at and say can we can we remedy the situation somewhat by offering adequate compensation and there are standard norms worldwide there are economic methods uh, so when as you said that rely on wage standards that rely on uh, age uh, like working age and compared to your current age at the time at which the accident takes place and so on and there are standard accounting and economics methods to uh, come up with a number that's uh, that's closer to the likely economic productivity of a person now obviously accidents take place in which even children die or suffer injuries and uh, it's it's kind of impossible to get uh, get this number right for every person or for every case but at least by making it a process where uh, standard methods from economics are applied and kind of make that consistent it can address at least the problems of the arbitrariness and inadequacy of the amount as well as it will force multi- different states to uh, align themselves to the calculation and make every indian in some sense equal when uh, it comes to receiving compensation from the state yeah i mean putting a formula there also takes away discretionary powers at the hands of the official i mean so that we don't get into a situation of you know bargaining and you know talking up or down so i i mean i was i was coming from there too but yeah thanks thanks this is a great way to look at how to structure compensation so having discussed this what do you think is the way forward of course the first point is how we look at these things in a democracy saying that we should not be looking at it as a favor by the government to people involved and rather the look at it as a contractual obligation are there other thoughts you have on this and how we can make this better uh, i think that largely covers it one thing i would stress over and over again is we are a relatively young democracy and our citizens are not necessarily aware of what it really means there is a tendency among the population to see the state as a benevolent state that uh, is a benefactor and really can at its discretion offer something to you or take things away from you but uh, in a democratic state the, the real idea is that citizens are the ones who hold power and we express the power through uh, various actions like voting or participating in civic uh, activities and what what i would say in the case of excretia really is is if we as citizens educate ourselves and and understand that the that the government of the day is merely there at our uh, selection or at our uh, in based on our vote and can be voted out and therefore needs to be questioned on every arbitrary decision whether it's uh, an an excretion compensation is just one of them 
in the in the past when when societies were ruled by kings or other kinds of rulers that came to power just through uh, undemocratic means and were not for citizens to change ex gratia would have been one way of the king to kind of ensure that uh, the king remained popular but in a, in our society my take is that citizens should ask the kind of question we are asking in in our uh, in our article and and demand answers demand not just uniformity in treatment as citizens but also demand fairness and rights and the moment more citizens do that not just in the context of ex gratia compensation for accidents but in many other cases where the government's failure to do its duties towards the citizens causes um, individual or collective harms on us and the more we kind of engage in active citizenship of this kind the better our democracy will function thanks mehir thank you both for writing this article i think that is the first step towards making people aware we hope more people will read the article we hope more people will listen to this so that we perform what we need to do as citizens that is ask questions of the government in every possible way thank you for joining uh, me on this show i hope i'll see you again at some point thanks mega thanks mehir thank you so much thank you thank you so much If you liked our show, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can tune into them on the IVM podcast app, ivmpodcast.com, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow IVM on social media. The handle is at IVM Podcasts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And hey, if you'd like to dive into Takshashila's research on technology, strategy, and economic affairs, check us out at our Twitter handle. at takshashila inst or our website takshashila.org.in